Hello out there and welcome to a sleepy, maybe slightly hungover uh, Gamecock Scoop reaction podcast to the 35-14 to 14 win over the Georgia State Panthers last night. I'm Caleb Alexander. Uh, Pauline Hendricks and Alan Cole were both at the game last night. I was kind of hanging out, watching the broadcast, um, adding some stuff from there. We have a bunch of stuff on GamecockScoop.com already. We have the general news story, we have a quick reaction, and then we have uh, Alan Cole's longer um, reaction posted this morning. We're gonna some have other thoughts on, on the game, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have players of the game later today. We'll have a few more review items over the next day or two, and then we'll start transitioning to Arkansas. Um, all right, guys, the obvious question is, how was it? Did, did you guys have a good time? I know that that was Alan's first time in – Williams Bryce Stadium and Pauline's first time in the press box. How how'd it go? I think it was a amazing experience. I mean, especially because they did they redid all the lights. Like it was, they really went above and beyond to show that they redid the lights. It was so cool. Everybody was commenting on it, and we, not gonna lie, had like the best seats. I think, in my personal opinion, like right on the fifty yard line. So we have a great view. Uh, y'all are crazy. I mean that in a good way, but y'all are crazy. I mean that. Welcome. That's an, that's an incredible game day environment. I mean, I know it's electric. That's why, like, it, that's yeah. I mean, that place yeah. was bumping <laughs> pregame and during most of the game, other than a little bit during the third quarter. But that place was into it. Always. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really teased any of the things that we know that are coming down the pipe. But all I'm gonna say is it's only gonna get better in the next couple of years. There's a lot of plans in the pipeline um, surrounding the stadium, but I can't talk about all of it yet. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, from the broadcast, the stadium looked full. I saw that they announced that it was like more than a sellout. 78 to 97. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the stadium capacity is like 77.5 or something. So more than a sellout. Uh, it was loud from the very beginning as far as it was bleeding into the uh, the broadcast. And then the light show, like you guys said, I mean, whenever they showed like the uh, wide angle, it looked like williams Bryce Stadium was like a club or like a concert with was, excellent yeah, lighting. It, yeah. it reminded me of like a SoFi almost. Like they were giving me that type of vibe of just like the LED screens like across the entire um, the entire stadium, like where everyone was sitting and stuff like that. It just really... It was really cool. Yeah, I haven't been two weeks. Yeah, I've, I haven't been to a home game. I, I, I realized, and since like 2009, which is really too bad. That's crazy. So I'm excited for a couple weeks from now. But Pauline, I, I assume you went to home games last year. What What was the difference from just a year? I mean, honestly, if I was going to comment on that, I would say the difference was from. 2019 which is my freshman year that was still Muschamp was still there and then uh Beamer's first year unfortunately I wasn't at the cockwalk but um the first year that he was there I actually was able to ask him about just how he felt in that moment and he was like I wish it never ended like just the whole energy surrounding it like 
everybody's supporting the team now and everybody there's just like so much love and like rallying behind them so I think that definitely was like a change for sure and this year no doubt is going to be very similar if not better in that case because everybody knows just how cool coach Beamer is and just how much he loves the players and loves South Carolina and like all he wants to do for like us I think that is a very um that's something to look forward to yeah, as usual, the uh, the Gamecock football like social media team killed it for game day. Um, even though, like you said, we we didn't get to capture all of the Gamecock walk. They had this really great like walk behind camera of Shane Beamer walking through the the whole thing um, that they posted. It was like three and a half minutes of it, and yeah, the crowd looked amazing already. I mean, I'm sure by that point it was already five p.m. or whatever, so people <laughs> people were feeling pretty good at that point. Um, all right, so stadium atmosphere, yeah, exactly. Stadium atmosphere was great. Um, Alan, I know you, you've been to, I, you, you, you made a post on Twitter and in our live thread on the Insiders Forum that said basically, um, you've been to the national championship, you've been to, you know, all these other SEC games, and it was right up there. Atmosphere oh, was. yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, I thought I've been to, in the SEC, this is four i've been to georgia florida auburn and south carolina and then also i've been to florida state clemson wisconsin iowa like this is running down a hill i'll tell you that huh (laughs) i said it's better than running down a hill i'll tell you that yeah it's no that was um that was a crazy pre-game environment someone else in the box looked at me like 30 seconds before the first sandstorm dropped he's like it's about to start shaking in here and he was right times they played sandstorm that's what i told alan i was like i don't even know what number time this is <laughs> I, think, I think i counted eight but yeah um i saw ben portnoy from the state who we keep shouting out uh but no, he's he a good guy. tweeted worth it yeah he's great yeah for sure uh he tweeted that um he's afraid of heights and like at the beginning of the game the like you said the press box was shaking so he's like oh this that's is great so funny. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Poor Ben. <laughs> um, it was cool. I can't even imagine uh, when you get the number three team in the country here. Next home game. Oh, yeah. I, I packed. The, there was just a little tiny section of Georgia State fans. I was like, just look how small it is compared to everything. And like, I was like, no, just wait. Like, wait for Georgia. Be- yeah. Yeah. No. The uh, so that was a sellout for the first home game uh, against a G five opponent. Um, I'm pretty sure Georgia is already sold out. I could be wrong about that, but my dad bought tickets. Um, and I know that he had to kind of pay an arm and a leg already to get in the upper deck. So I expect that one to be packed. Um, all right. Just because we're limited on time, let's get into some, some ball here. Um, so, I mean, my initial reaction is it's just really good to have football back. Um, we are going to have a couple of, like, criticisms and – uh, notes that you know maybe didn't go so well, but at the end of the day, it was a three touchdown win uh, over a pretty solid opponent. We talked um, before the game on Thursday that you know any win against Georgia State here was going to be a good win, and uh, I mean three touchdowns, twenty one points. That's a that's a solid uh, gap there. And um, Shane Beamer, I know afterwards, kind of said the same thing. He was like. It's not doom and gloom. We just won a football game 35 to 14. There are some things to get better, which we're going to talk about in just a second. Um, but they're just going to celebrate and then focus on the on the get better part. 
Um, I didn't know if you guys had any other initial reactions to just the, the game itself. Yeah, I'm kind of on that point. I I know a lot of South Carolina fans, you're, you're bummed about the offensive line. You were shaky about Rattler at times. I get all of that. I do. I would encourage perspective. If I had offered pretty much anyone a three-touchdown win on Friday, you all would have taken it. Everyone in South Carolina would have taken it. Let's face it. Um, far, far from perfect we're going to talk about. But, I, again, I would encourage perspective. It's a long season. you got to pace yourself. I, I agree in that. I think that the fact that the points that we're about to touch on, that Shane uh, touched on very similar topics, I think there's a lot of hype because it's the first game. So we all have these extremely high expectations. And like Alan, like you just said, we did incredibly well anyways. And we have to understand that like it is the first game of the season. We're still working out the kinks, but the fact that we already won – it was a great like baseline type game. I think it can I can I think it can tell you a lot about the expectations already <clears throat> that I have seen so many complaints about a three touchdown win. I mean, uh, that's over a definitely opponent. A shift. I mean, you said it, but yeah. Georgia State won eight games last year. That's not that's not you know that's not Hawaii coming in here. Right. Yeah. So that's definitely a shift in perspective from last year. And I mean, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you are a victim of your own success and um, some of the criticism that's going to happen throughout the season is going to maybe be part of that. But um, another big takeaway. I said for lack of better terms, being cocky. (laughs) Word froze up second. So, or at least I froze up. I don't know what happened. Continuing on. All right, my, my stream froze up for a second, so I don't know. It's all right. Continue. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I'll just have to cut that out later, but that's fine. Um, so another big takeaway that I saw was just that a lot of the new faces, both freshmen, uh, transfers, et cetera, maybe just some people that were on the roster but were getting their first major role, definitely made an impact. I mean, you got Mitch Jeter making his first start at kicker and making two of the seven longest kicks in South Carolina history, um, two 50-plus yard field goals, which is the only time that that's ever happened for a kicker in South Carolina history within one game. Um, you have Nick and Wari, who had to step in for R.J. Roderick on the very first series, and on his second play from scrimmage, made a fourth stop to kind of shut down that, that series and, and get a turnover on downs when Georgia State had all the momentum right there at the beginning. Um, you have Antoine Wells Jr., who uh, led the team in catches, um, you know, was very reliable as a possession receiver. Of course, you have Rattler. I, you know, he's, he, he was guaranteed to make an impact because he's touching the ball on every play. You have an, another uh, who scored a touchdown on the punt return or on the first punt block. Uh, and I thought a couple of guys that kind of stepped up that weren't um, that that weren't major factors last season. And Debo Williams and Boogie Huntley both had really good games. Um, I, I don't know if there were some other uh, initial names that stood out to you guys. Debo had a great little celebration uh, dance at the very end. I caught that. I was like, same in practice as he is on the field. He was practicing his his celebration. I thought that was funny. 
Yeah, I I kind of thought. I mean, maybe you know, Perry McCarty or a film guy will hear this and shot me down if I miss something from thirty thousand feet in the air. But I thought Brad Johnson had a pretty good game from linebacker. I thought he had a couple of nice run fills. Um, I thought of the two linebackers, he was the better one. Um, he was of the stars at least. He was better than Mokaba. I mean, and Nick Gaiman worry. I mean, there's we've heard about him all camp. Everyone says he's been the best freshman. Everyone says he's going to be a beast. I kind of thought he should have been starting anyway over RJ Roderick. And the football gods would have it. He has to get out there on the first series of the season. And his got Beamer mentioned that. He's mentioned that as an early turning point, that fourth and one, that fourth and one hit stick. Um Yeah, I mean Yeah. RJ Roderick might have just got Wally Pip. Yeah, I assume that you know the Roderick start was because uh, he was a senior and you know, you're gonna give that game one nod to him over the freshman. Um but you know, I, I don't. I don't ever like to criticize players or whatever. But I, he was maybe one of the weak points of that secondary, and then it seems like Eamon Worry, uh, who is going to have some growing pains, and in fact, he had a growing pain in this game, even though he made some big impact plays. And sometimes you take your lumps because he's making those impact plays. Um, on the first, or was it the first or second touchdown? The, the, the play first action pass, touchdown, yeah, um, that Georgia State converted. I know. <clears throat> Yeah, I saw that he got kind of caught up on the the play action, and and that's that allowed the tight end or the receiver, I can't remember who it, which it was, uh, to get behind him. And Darius Rush thought that he had safety help, and you know that's why he kind of let him slip by. So that's how that first touchdown happened. So you you do, you do take your lumps with freshman here here and there, but you know he he made so many impact plays that it kind of balances out. You would say, you know, way more positive than negative there. I think another cool play. Um, I mean, the, the, the obvious next place to go is. Oh. I was just going to say another cool play that I think we should touch on was the fact that Kai Kroger uh, kicked 79. The punt? Uh, yeah. Punted 79 yards. I thought that was just like, that was a leg and a half. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> I thought that was crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. That's what I was about to say. The obvious storyline of this game is how good the special teams were. I believe uh, Alan called it perfect, even though they did botch a, a PAT. So I don't know if it's perfect, perfect, but oh, it's yeah, about as close that. to perfect. Okay. It's like a 99 then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a 99. Um, so you have a fake field goal on the first uh, touchdown drive that they convert a fourth and five with the Hunter Hunt, uh, the holder, Hunter, Hunter Rogers. Rogers. Um, kind of powering his way through to, to get a very close um, conversion there, uh, which led to a touchdown. Right after that, you have the aggressive mindset of going for an onside kick. They didn't get it, but I like the call. It was, it was like, let's go. Um, then, like you said, you had the 79-yard punt. Um, there was another almost blocked punt uh, in the first half that allowed South Ghana to start in plus territory that I think led to a field goal. And then Mitch Jeter makes two 50-plus yard field goals. And then, of course, you have the two punt blocks. And the first one by Rashad Amos in the mid-third um, really put State off their game as far, off of their game script, which we talked a lot about on Thursday. They couldn't just pound the ball anymore. Um, and then the second one that was blocked by Travion Kenyon and re- returned by Amarion Brown um, really solidified the win. I mean, at that point, you're up three years to fourth. It's pretty much over at that point. Um, I don't know if you have more to say on the special teams, either of you. Shane Beamer is his father's son. That's about all I'd say about it. You highlighted all the good parts of 
the game, especially with what they can do talent-wise. So, I mean. All right. The this, this second big storyline that I, I think everyone really wants to get into is Rat, Spencer Rattler. You know, he made his Gamecock debut. I know that that's the thing that the national broadcast was talking about. That's the thing that the SEC network highlights were talking about. Um, they spotlighted his first touchdown pass to Marshawn Lloyd. Um, but he also threw two interceptions in this game, one of which I would say was not his fault, one of which was definitely his fault. Definitely um, his fault, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's what's your takeaway on Rattler's um, South Carolina debut? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of a good way to – I if we're grading him, I don't know what you guys would say. Maybe I'm being harsh, maybe I'm – I was going to say like B, B minus that I can't get that second pick out of my head. That was pretty that was, ghastly. It was, really, it was watching it right there. I just like, my jaw just like dropped. And like, I'll like, give Spencer credit. Like, like he came into the post game and said, that's the one throw I want back. I should have run it. Um, I think he mentioned that Juju McDowell was open in the flat. He mentioned it was only a third and two. He had space to pick up the first down. Like I can't get that out of my head, but like Juju mostly like, good. I mean, I don't think he missed a lot of throws. His mobility is huge asset to this offense. It just didn't exist last year. Yeah, so I, I think I really broke down two plays that I think sum up what Rattler brings to the table, both the positive and the negative. Um, on that first touchdown drive, he got flushed out of the pocket. Jalen Brooks kind of went into backyard football mode and just took off down the field on a on a nine. He broke off his route because uh, Rattler was scrambling around. And he threw, like, one of the most beautiful passes I think I've ever seen in Williams-Rice Stadium, like, on the run, dropped it right over the top into Jalen Brooks' arms on the sideline. Great catch by Jalen Brooks, too. Um, nobody else on the roster over the last decade is making that throw. Uh, you know, that's that was, that was perfect. Um, but – like you mentioned, third quarter, South Carolina is up 28 to 14. At that point, you have them on the ropes. Uh, you don't even need to score a touchdown necessarily. You just got to keep the drive going. It's third and two. You got Juju uh, McDowell right in front of you. Easy dump off, easy first down. Or like you said, he could have just kept it for the first down. But instead, he tried to force it into double coverage, make something happen when he didn't really need to. Um, and I, I, I put it in my rapid reaction like <clears> – <throat> It's Georgia State, so it didn't ultimately come back to bite you. But when you're going up against a better equipped team, like an SEC uh, quality opponent, you can't you can't make a decision like that at that point in the game. Yeah. I definitely think after that play, the atmosphere and like energy on the field definitely took a shift because um, just the fact of the matter that, like you said, they had them on the ropes essentially, and because that happened, it kind of was like, whoa, now like. You have to like be cautious and Still definitely. Game, yeah, yeah. I definitely think there was more of an. Yeah, I was just saying. There's no doubt that uh, that situational awareness and is a is a big part of being the quarterback. Especially, presumably, there's going to be some games that kind of come down to those those thin margins and those thin decisions, and you got to make better ones. It's kind of what I wrote about. Um, if you read my longer thing on GameCockScoop.com, just kind of the finer points of football, the details, really good on special teams, but just a detail-based phase of football in general. But on offense and on the offensive line, too, that it just has to be sharper. It just does. There's not really any way around it. 
that's definitely another, I mean, that's a good segue to another definite uh, red flag from this game. The offensive line looked not good. <laughs> uh, looked yeah. uh, just, just as bad as they looked through stretches last year. Um, I, I wrote in my rapid reaction that the, um, the running game was abysmal. And I can't really blame it on Marshawn Lloyd, who I thought looked very explosive uh, anytime he had any space to work with at all. Um, I mentioned him specifically, there was one play where he hurdled a guy for like to get like yards and convert a first down. And I was like, that's the most athletic four yard run I've ever seen. But it took acts of heroism like that for four yards uh, to get, yeah, to get much going on, on the ground. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's something that's just got to get better or Rattler's going to be running for his life throughout the whole season, which he, he kind of was against, uh, I would say, inferior defensive line compared to most of what you're going to see the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think I put it in the thread and Satterfield maybe is the one who said it on Wednesday that, you know, Georgia State's defensive line is good, but it's also 20, 25 pounds lighter than what they're going to see pretty much the entire rest of the season, except Charlotte and South Carolina state. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a problem. There's not really any way around it. I know they were banged up at left tackle a little bit, um, but that's still an offensive line with five returning starters, four seniors, and they could not hold their water against Georgia State. Yeah, and speaking of that uh, banged up at left tackle, there was a couple of notes on injuries from this game. So Jalen Nichols, left tackle, went down, um, but he was back in for a series or two near the end of the game, so I think he seems yeah, to be okay, although. Okay. Um, Darius Rush also got uh, injured. It was on a, a long run play that he kind of got out of position for, but then ran the, the ball carrier down. Um, and it says that he had like a little bit of a hamstring, but would have been able to come back if he needed to. Um, but they were already up pretty well at that point. Um, RJ Roderick, like we said, went out on the first series and then didn't come back. So uh, that's not great. Maybe he'd come back because even more of his playing so well. Um, Sort of a surprising pregame note, um, Joyner, he didn't play on. He did get in there a little bit, um, and they said that he had kind of a calf issue, um, but, you know, they didn't use him too much. And then, like like we said before the game, Corey Rucker, uh, he was on crutches on the sideline. He didn't um, play at all, obviously. And then Christian Bill Smith didn't uh, warm up. or I don't think he dressed, so. Um, I didn't see him on that dress list, no. Yeah. So that'll be something to watch going forward. We had kind of talked about that in the weeks leading up, but then it seemed like it was trending that he could play. Um, but maybe it took a little step back there. I know I was listening to the national broadcast and they said that Beamer told them that he got a little bit worse on the back half of the week. And that's why he didn't play. I don't really know what that means. That was a very vague statement by them, but um Otherwise, so we talked about offensive line, the struggles on the offensive line. Um, I thought the defense, you know, it was varying. They, they let a couple big runs break. Um, that one touchdown drive that the that Georgia State actually drove the length of the field was pretty shoddy in the, in the secondary. Um, Marcellus Dow actually had pretty good coverage, but um, a, a long pass. Uh, over him kind of got that drive started. And then, like I said, even Warrior got sucked in on the 
play action pass that led to the touchdown. But yeah, what'd you guys think of the, of the defense overall in the night? Yeah, I thought more than good enough to win if you want to just start there. And that's kind of the whole point of this. I mean, took again, Georgia State was very game script, is a very game script dependent team, but also South Carolina's defense did a good job of forcing them off that script. Like Georgia State didn't really run the ball any consistency after the first possession on their own, you know, kind of scripted plays, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think I had at one point, they had five carries for 11 yards their next four possessions after that first drive. Run fills were mostly good. I thought Birch and Strawn both had a nice one in the first half, and we mentioned Brad Johnson had a couple earlier. Um, if they can stop the run, that changes a lot. Uh, it, it, obviously, we talked about it all last week. It was the biggest key coming into this game. Yeah, I think that's way more positive than negative with defense, especially, yeah. Pauline, did you notice anything as you were watching the defense last night? I definitely um, noted Jordan Birch a couple times, but basically what Alan was saying, I was pretty confident going in that we had a strong defensive line, but um, that was just me, like, notes at fall camp and stuff like that. We've had good defensive lines in general in the past, in my personal opinion, like two past years. But well, one of them um, got his number retired tonight. Yeah, yeah right. Last night. That was also a really cool uh, point to see the whole ceremony. But yeah, which is also something we should t- touch base on. But yeah, I definitely have always known that they have a great or good defensive line, but I kind of. Going into it, knew that we were going to be okay in that regard. So you yeah, I thought the too. I thought he played well. He had that one uh, tip ball, like third quarter, maybe where he almost took it back if he, you know, if he that. got his hands up a little quicker. Um, I thought he had a pretty good game. Oh yeah, I thought we were going to see more touchdown there. Okay, but, boy, uh, yeah, yeah, he more he more just slapped it than uh, tried to catch it. I think he was sort of surprised that it was that much <laughs> you know right in his hands he was just trying to get his hands up and then he was like oh wait like that was a pass to me basically um but yeah i thought um marcellus dial really stepped up i mean he, like i said he did allow that one long pass i think he got called for a defensive pass interference or two in the first half but I, then i thought he really settled in and they tested him i mean they were not trying to pass towards cam smith cam- they didn't really want to go towards darius rush it seemed either so they they went after went after Dial pretty much with every pass to the outside, and I thought he, he played pretty well. He had quite a few pass breakups. He had an interception. I remember he broke up a pass um, that would have been a touchdown near the end of the game as well. Um, and then, like you guys said, the edges played really well. Birch, Strawn, uh, Brad Johnson. I thought Debo Williams looked good when he was in there. I, I even saw Gilbert Edmond in on a couple of um, nice plays. So they did a really good, nice, nice job of keeping contained for the most part. There were several option plays, which is what Georgia State really wanted to run, um, that they just kind of strung it out to the sideline or strung it out, pushed it back inside, and then they had help inside. Um, I, th- I thought they, they did a really nice job there. One thing that I did want to note about uh, Eamon Worry, who we just keep talking about, um, and this is something, I mean, we're, we're a website that focuses a lot on recruiting as well. One of the things that we've noted is how good a talent evaluation this staff seems to be. Um, and both DQ Smith and Nick Embenwari made major, major plays uh, that kind of swung this game tonight. And I, after the 
after the game, Shane Beamer said, it goes to show you how crazy recruiting is sometimes. I think we beat nobody for Nick and Memori, and we beat Georgia Southern for DQ Smith because they wanted him to play quarterback. So, yeah, at South Carolina was Nick and Memori's first offer. Um, he ended up being rated a four-star on Rivals by the end of the cycle, but, you know, no one knew anything about him, really. He camped there and then got an offer. And then, yeah, DQ Smith, I mean, the only other offer he had was a, a SoCon offer, and it seems like he's – you know, making his impact felt immediately. So um, the staff seems to, and this is what you're going to have to do. It's up on it, especially early on. They seem to be really good at evaluating talent, trying to find those diamonds in the rough. Um, and they don't really care that much about the stars, although the stars are starting to come um, as we've seen over the summer. Um, anything else? Pony? Yeah. Yeah. So tell, tell me about the halftime um, retirement with clowning um well our on camera or on field uh cameraman davis uh he actually got some really cool pictures of him uh just like interacting with the fans a couple kids but uh the whole ceremony it was really cool they were shouting uh clowny clowny which was funny because they were trying to be like have this whole like ceremony be all serious and all the fans were just like shouting over it. So like definitely probably enjoyed being back there in that type of atmosphere. It was definitely cool to see it on the big screen. Yeah. And Alan, I know you before the game. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to transition to exactly what you were about to say. So go ahead. Yeah, no, he said, you know, I went to the presser before he said that that was his first time back in Columbia in three years. So, I mean, obviously, that's since the pandemic. That's since Shane Beamer took over. That's He saw probably an entirely different – I mean, it's always been good at South Carolina, but he saw it at probably an entirely different game day atmosphere and vibe that he probably had the last time he was in Columbia, uh, which was probably pretty cool for him to see. Definitely. Um, the SEC Network broadcast grabbed him after halftime and did, like, a little short interview with him. And that was one of the things that he noted was, like, you know, it's one of the best places to watch a football game. And they asked him specifically about Shane Beamer and that he was just talking about how much energy uh, he's brought to the, um, to the, to the program. And, and that that's what you need right now. You need someone that's energetic and, and ready to go. Uh, by the way, those of you that are listening or watching, Pauline's computer died. So it's just, yeah, yeah. Gonna, week one, gonna... working out all the kinks. Still... <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know what the deal with the internet issue is either, but Anyway, um, really, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk to uh, or talk about about the game, but um, I know we could talk a little bit about Arkansas. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, the only other note I kind of had was, some, and I wrote about this a little bit too, some of the perimeter stuff, defense good, offense not. That was kind of the general theme tonight. Beamer actually was very blunt about that. He said they got their butts kicked on the perimeter on offense. Like Georgia State was shedding blocks. They were making tackles in space. Um, that's kind of the whole horizontal versus vertical thing with Marcus Satterfield's offense. But that's something to monitor going forward. Yeah, so last season it felt like the offense didn't really have an identity. And I will say it felt like they had an identity last night. But that identity was, yeah, like bubble screens, um, trying to get the ball to playmakers in space horizontally and then make, let them make a move and go. And that really did not work a lot of the time. Um, they did push the ball down the field a little bit, but Jalen Brooks was the main guy that was able to get much going there. Um, I know uh, Josh Van missed 
a, pat, a missed a catch over the middle that would have kept a drive going. Austin Stogner. Um, he was Radley quiet now that I think about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he had like one catch. Uh, Rattler tar- targeted him on another one that would have been a first down, but I think he just slightly missed it. Um, so, yeah, they, they need to push the ball down the field a little bit better. And then I'm with using the screen game. Uh, but you got to have the, the blocking downfield to make it work, or it's kind of useless. Only thing um, I'd say about the downfield is, too, is no joiner, no rucker. That's two of your big downfield threats who just weren't there tonight. So you got to just take that with a grain of salt. Definitely. Um, and, you know, it, what a cool story for Jalen Brooks, who, you know, we don't need to go into every detail, but he had to step away for personal reasons um, midseason last year came back for the first time in almost a year. You know, I think he stepped away in October uh, and really had a, a great game, four catches, 80-something yards. Three of those four catches were, you know, very tough. I don't know that anyone else on the roster is making that catch. Um, so great, great start to the season for him. Now we look ahead to Arkansas. That's going to be a little bit of a different animal coming in, uh, or I guess South Carolina going, going out there, there next week. I do think that Georgia State, in a lot of ways, um, is a decent warm-up opportunity for Arkansas because they run a similar offense. But KJ Jefferson is a huge step up, especially as a passer. Um, Darren Granger. To Darren Granger, yeah. Did you really watch any of that game? I caught like the first quarter and a half-ish. But I, I, I looked at the box score. I mean, KJ Jefferson looks like he played well. Jalen Catalan being hurt. Again, that's a safety injury. That's that's an all SEC safety who's hurt for Arkansas. So we got to keep an eye on that during the week. Talk about vertical passing. No Jalen Catalan would make that an easier task for South Carolina. But again, we got to just wait. Um, that's a yeah, so road environment. It, it is going to be for sure. I, I did watch a good bit of it. Um, my main takeaway was that the secondary is vulnerable, especially uh, over the middle and and pushing uh, the deep ball. Um, Cincinnati's quarterback, who I th- it was his first start uh, you know, at the collegiate level, um, he missed several, especially in the first half, missed several wide-open um, touchdown opportunities. Just, you know, I don't know if it was blown coverage or, you know, Luke Fickle's a pretty good offensive play caller, so it might have just uh, schemed that way. But um, that game, especially in the first half, Cincinnati had a lot of blown opportunities. Um, and then, like you said, missing uh, safety Jalen Catalan, if, if he doesn't come back, which he went out in the third quarter and didn't return in that game, um, could, could make that even more of an impact. But can South Carolina protect Spencer Rattler long enough to let him make some deeper throws down the field, which, I mean, he used his legs a good bit to, to let that happen this week. Um, we will have a look from the other side feature coming again on Wednesday. Um, we're talking with the Arkansas rival site Hogbeat um, and their publisher Mason Cho Choate C H O A T E. I don't know how to say his last name yet. We'll find out. Um, I'm also going to hop on a podcast with him on Tuesday, uh, which will add on to our Thursday preview as a little little segment. So, should have plenty of info on where they're standing injuries wise and kind of how they're viewing this game going forward. Um, KG Jefferson got dinged up a couple times in the game, specifically his shoulder, his throwing shoulder. Um, he took some pretty hard hits in the first half. 
So we'll see if that has any impact going forward. But I mean, he still had a pretty nice stat line, like you said. Um, he he made it work. He's he's still their their offense. Um, and then uh, their uh, tight end Trey Knox, who used to be a receiver, but he bulked up. He added like twenty five pounds in the off season or something. Um, he had uh, two touchdowns, like six or seven catches. He looked, he looked good. Um, so um, that'll be something to kind of monitor. Can't Do we have the linebackers or safety play, especially if we got a freshman back there, um, that, that are going to be able to cover that guy? I don't know. It would be a huge win. It's going to be a very, very difficult win to pull off. I'm not saying impossible. I don't think you're playing Alabama here, but – this is this is a real challenge for Shane Beamer and his staff to get ready, turn around, travel for a week. They were so awful on the. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, in the next week. They were so just call it abysmal on the road last year in the SEC, especially the first quarter, second quarters. This is the first like real test. I mean, Georgia State's a good football team, um, but they were very dependent on the game going a certain way that it didn't. Arkansas's, yeah, I mean, they're good. There's not really any other way to say it. They're going to be favored. I haven't seen the spread yet, but I'm sure they will be. Um, South Carolina's got a real challenge next week. Yeah, I was about to ask what you guessed the initial spread would be. Um, I don't know if, if that's come out yet. I'll actually look it up. Uh, if it, it, it probably has. You know, these you know these Caesars or whatever probably dropped something late last night or early this morning. South, Arkansas favored by five, six, maybe. I okay. think that'll get to a full touchdown, but that's what I would guess. See, I was going to say like seven and a half. Let's see okay. what I can find. But um, that, that would be my guess. I mean, because you're going to get the three for being at home. The home and then, right. Let's see. Nothing on the action network. Yeah. Any other way? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm Any other what? I was... takeaways from the day or? Yeah, yeah. While I'm trying to find this Florida, line. I mean, geez, I was I'll just pull my hands up. I was wrong. I did not think they were gonna turn that around that quick. I had Utah in the college football playoff, which is still possible if they run the Pac twelve table, but geez, that that's a really, really nice win for Billy Napier week one. And Florida, Kentucky next week, the first SEC East game of the year. Well, SEC East versus SEC East. South Carolina's got a conference game too, but the first intra division game. Next week, Florida, Kentucky in the Swamp. That's a very interesting early swing game for two teams that are supposed to roughly be on South Carolina's plane. And Georgia's still a machine. I mean, that that's we'll get into Georgia in two weeks, but dear God. Yeah, I uh, was really surprised. I don't know if you that, that game was going on um, as you were getting everything together, and I was more watching the Arkansas game because they're immediately after, but... Um, they passed the ball a lot more than I was expecting. I think they only had, uh, it was like 80 yards rushing or 120 yards. It was like low for them. Um, but they uh, they passed like 400 yards and sets and bent. It was like throwing the ball over the yard. I was like, what is this Georgia's offense? This yeah, I saw different. some people saying that Stetson Bennett, if you had to choose a Heisman winner after week one, is way too early, which I didn't see enough of all the games yesterday to necessarily argue with that. That's also not what I was expecting going in. Yeah, it was, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. But um, all right, well, I 
have to get out of here. And I think we hit everything we wanted to hit anyway. Um, So until next time, which will be Thursday, we'll do our little Arkansas preview on Thursday. Um, Check out GameclassScoop.com. We're going to have a couple more items reviewing this game and then starting to look forward into Arkansas throughout the week. Uh, Until next time, this has been Caleb Alexander and Alan Cole in the GameclassScoop.com podcast. See you.